Yeah, when the DJ when Red Alert was like the man on Hot ninety seven, <laughs> right, right? He ruined every song <laughs> with his with his yeah. <laughs> yeah. My name is Aldo Martin, and this is the Reclamation Podcast. Today we meet Nick. Nick was a member of the organization for about twenty five years. He speaks with us today about being a teen worker, being in the full-time ministry, and about finally leaving the organization. Nick, how are you, man? Good. Good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. So, Nick, you you and I, we've spoken a few times before. You told me that you, you got baptized in the church in 1995. Wait, hold up. You said May 1995, and you said it was... Uh, 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 just shy of your 23rd birthday. W- when's your birthday? May 31st. May 31st. Okay. Okay. I thought you were a June guy like myself. Oh. Okay. So, so you got baptized in 1995 and then you left in 2020. Yeah. So that's a 25 year stretch we're talking. And mm-hmm. you mentioned to me that within those, those 25 years, you became a part of the leadership team in the church. And for for the people who were not members of the church, what we call the uh, the leadership team, the the people that were paid, we call them the the the, the full time ministry, and that was a position that, if not everybody, most people strived for. I right. hope I'm not exaggerating. And right, so I, I'd love to I'd love to talk about that. So Nick, when did you join the ministry, the full time ministry? Was it year one, year two, year three? What are we talking? Uh, let me do the math for a second here. It's a great question. I'm going to say it was year three. Okay. Um, three and change. Uh, but just to help us out geographically, where, where did you get baptized? What city? Staten Island, New York. Staten Island. In and then a from, horse trough and, in a metal container that amazes Cousin Eddie every time he hears about it. <laughs> I don't know why he's amazed by it. I'm like, it happened every ever since I've spoken to him about that. I think I've seen an image of a horse trough every day of my life. <laughs> every day, I'm like, there's one. So let's talk about this ministry thing. So three years in, and you spent some time in Florida, but now after three years, you're back in New York City. I was back after a few months. Yeah. Okay. Got um, it. And basically, what happened was. Uh, I was probably back about four months. I had never actually been part, if you would, of a ministry because I lived so far away and I only ever showed up to Sunday services. Um, and I just had some, and I had some relationships. So when I came back to Staten Island, I was part of the singles ministry for a few weeks, it seems like. And they basically asked me to help out with the team ministry. And uh, I went to one of the, the Devos. They called it a Solid Rock back then. Oh, yes. Solid Rock. Yes. You know, and there's about 200, 250 teens in this, you know, auditorium. And it was just electric. I still remember that day because, you know, I was 20, just turned 23. And, you know, I was into hip hop and all the kinds of stuff that everyone was so like the kids just connected with me and I connected with them. Oh, hold up. This is, you said this is, this is three years after becoming a disciple. No, this is four months after becoming a disciple. So this is 95. So I remember these days. I remember these days. Go on, go on. Yeah. When the DJ, when Red Alert was like the man on Hot 97, (laughs) right? right? He ruined every song. (laughs) 
<laughs> with his with his yeah. yeah yeah so uh but that was the thing so I, um but but i went there and immediately i was like oh I, I like this i want this so i became a teen worker and then within a few weeks the guy that was quote unquote leading the teens decided he didn't want to do this anymore and i became a teen leader teen worker teen leader so it, like Nick. four months Nick, let me stop you there and uh, let me help the audience out here real quick. So Nick became a teen worker, and in our church, the teen worker was an adult that worked with the teen ministry. These people, and it, it wasn't just anybody who became a teen worker. They were people that were deemed as spiritually fit, right? Spiritually responsible. People that were seemed as spiritually strong. And... And not just anybody could be. You had to be picked to be a team worker. Nobody asked. I don't think anybody asked to be a team worker. You were picked for it. Yeah, it was all work. It was. It wasn't a team. Uh, it was work. <laughs> they named it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of work? What kind of work are we talking about, man? Oh, dude, man. Uh, I spent every hour from after work until about nine o'clock with these teens, pretty much every day of the week. And I love them. I, I mean, I love them. And they drove they drove you crazy because I know I was a teen and I drove my teen worker crazy. I know I did. Yeah, they they did, but it they um I loved them, man. You know. Yeah. Okay. Understood. Understood. So then, you're you're doing that role, and then you were asked to do what after that? I did that for about two and a half years in Staten Island. Yeah. Um, and then what had happened is is there was a congregation in New Jersey, uh, North Jersey where a lot of the elders uh, resided. Uh, at the time, those were the quote-unquote elders that were disciple Steve Johnson. And, and, and so now you get to New Jersey. I get to New Jersey. And, um, well, they asked me to come to New Jersey because they're, they're – and up until that point, everyone that led that team ministry was full-time ministry. Led the team ministry in New Jersey? In North Jersey, yeah. So they're asking you to relocate from Staten Island to New Jersey? Uh, yes, they did. And I went, you know, I was happy to, to go do it. I had already become friends with a lot of those teens at, at teen camps. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I, had, I ended up starting, I was dating the girl that was the teen worker over there. So, like, everything just kind of, what do you want to quote unquote fit? Did you, did you physically move your residence to New Jersey? I did. I physically moved. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was, it was a lot of gymnastics. Like, I was um, help, helping my parents pay a mortgage on a house in Staten Island because my parents were still living in Florida. Uh, so the guy still, I moved to Jersey. I was still helping pay a mortgage in Staten Island, but I was yeah. living for free in Jersey. It was all kinds of. There's a lot happening. It was, but I did that for, for nine, 10 months uh, to, to, to fill in the gap that they needed. And it was, and I'm still friends with those guys to this day. Like one of those kids is my, one of my best friends. I still talk to him all the time, like even yesterday. Um, and uh, uh then as soon as that ended, that's when I was asked to go into the ministry. Okay. So around three years. Yeah. So you get asked to go into the ministry, which which to us as church members was like being selected to the NBA draft. Yeah. The New York Yankees called. <laughs> they want you to come up. Mm -hmm. What Was that an honor for you? Was that something you were hoping for? It actually really was. Uh, it was. It wasn't an honor for me, and it was something I was really hoping for. Uh, you know, and I at the time I read my Bible a lot, prayed a lot, but I always felt very insecure. I always felt like I, I didn't have it. Mm. Um, 
you go to these big events and the people are not very social. People are very aloof. The leaders, they're very, very like even the young leaders and the teen leaders. Really? Like, yeah. So in my, my, my little group, whether it was Staten Island, whatever, or even in Jersey, we created family. We were, we were with one another. We loved one another. We hung out with one another, but I would go to these bigger meetings and I always felt like I just couldn't connect with people uh, for the most part, only a few. With the other leaders. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting dynamic. I wanted to read a quote to you. This is from uh, the book that we've been talking about for all of season three, uh, The Discipling Dilemma by Dr. Yakeley. And this is a quote from the book. He states that the discipling movement, which is what we were a part of, the discipling movement is a term that is used to describe a system of intense training and close personal supervision of the Christians being discipled. That sounds fairly fairly accurate, right? I want to talk about this training as it pertains to you and your experience and what this training looked like to be in the ministry. Okay, so they wanted to ask me and my girlfriend at the time to move out to Long Island to be part of the ministry out there. Moving again? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I went to Staten Island, New Jersey, and my stint in Jersey was over. I came back to Staten Island. They were like, hey, you want to move to Long Island? Now, the thing was, is I had just broken up with my girlfriend. Um, and they were like, all right. So they decided to do a two-for-one special and grab another brother from Staten Island and move us both out there, I guess. <laughs> uh, so Okay. Without, without, without the girlfriend. So they just grabbed yeah, another yeah, dude. Yeah, figured they had the budget or whatever it was. So they moved us out there. Oh, man, it's, his, it's his lucky day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, and I remember, I, I, I said, "Look, man, I had a rough year. I, I'm exhausted. A lot of things had, had happened. Uh, I, I needed, I need a little break. I need a breather." And he said, "You know, they were very good at relationships." And he said, well, "Why don't you just come, come spend, you know, spend the weekend and hang out." Nick, you don't have to tell us the names. When you say he was very good or they were very good, what are we talking about? The leaders? We're talking about super region leader, the guy that was over Long Island, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, that guy. So you know, very personable person, you know, like, you know, um, just come over for come over for the weekend. And I did. And I came, I spent the weekend, and I started talking to him about different, you know, what 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 it was and how I felt about it. And he was even explaining to me different stories about like there was some people that were asked to go in the ministry and they basically said they cried. Like they were, they had good jobs making whatever, 80, 90, hundred thousand dollars a year. And they were like, you know, they didn't want to leave that job and go in the ministry. So, uh, but of course, after, after the weekend, I was like, all right, I want to do this, <laughs> you know, like it, it, it worked. So uh, I got put on a campus in Long Island at Hofstra and the brother got put out at Stony Brook, the other brother in Long Island. I had a good mentor who was very personable and uh, I was all, see, for me, I'm going to be honest with you. I never felt like, I mean, the thing was like, oh, I got excited. I'm going to ministry, but I never really felt like I was an ICOC leader. Does that make sense? I felt like I was like a leader. Ex- explain, explain what that means. I mean, when I led the teens, I felt like, oh, I'm leading the teens in this local congregation. And then like, oh, I got asked to move to, to that congregation where there's a lot of elders, kids and people that have been around a long time, but I never associated with like being like a ICOC leader. That was those guys. 
Is, is, is it is it is it because of demeanor? Is it because of appearance? Is it because of anything on the outside? Is it because of a characteristic? What made you feel like you were not? I, 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 there was nothing. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't like I was making money. It wasn't like I, they, they were still trying to shortchange me. They didn't want to give me health insurance at first. Like I had to like, like I was like, hey, listen, I just left the job. I got help. Like, you know, we got to figure this out. Like, you know, we got to work. Like it wasn't that kind of glorious thing um, where like I got paid a ton of money. It was just like more work. And then it was, it was just like being a team worker, except I just had a little more responsibilities, but I, I guess the replication, the discipleship method worked so well that whether I was a team worker being discipled, you know, air quotes uh, by a, 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 a ministry person, and going to teen worker meetings or whether I got on staff and went to staff meetings, the formula or the method was like identical. Mm. So it would almost be like, I start to realize like, Oh, when I went to my teen worker meeting on Friday, the guy was basically just repeating the message he, he heard on Sunday at the staff meeting. And this is what you mean when you say the replication method. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so it just felt like there was, there was more responsibility and just that my peers became more mature and my peers became people that like, Oh, that's the guy that reaches or leads Queens or leads this guy. But it wasn't, it didn't even sink in. And then because I was doing campus and all the campus guys, a lot of them, I would say a good chunk of them were former teens that I had been around for so long, for three years, like we just continued the relationship. Um, so I was kind of like the leader and one of the guys at the same time, because it wasn't like I was married or anything like that. So it was this very interesting, one of the guys, but I got to set the tone, set the pace, mm-hmm. be responsible. Um, and I still have to be able to just be one of the guys. Understood. So, so you're doing a good job in, in kind of uh, painting the picture of what the uh, the uh, the environment was like, right? I, I want to talk about this training though. So, what did the training look like to be in the ministry? Okay, so the training was, you know, hey, what'd you do today? You know, did you go to campus? Who are you studying? Who's with? who's asking you this? My, my my the minister that's leading me. Then I go to staff meetings, and then and I noticed the training was interesting because my friend that got selected at the same time that went to a different campus, he was being discipled by a different minister mm-hmm. who was different. He wasn't as personable, more aloof, and he was harder on my friend. And mm-hmm. we were roommates for, for a little bit. I knew this guy really well. And he wasn't getting the benefit of the doubt the way I was getting the benefit of the doubt. Okay. And they were riding him harder, having more expectation from him. And he was I mean, sometimes he, he was having trouble waking up early in the morning to go do what he had to do. He started sleeping on the kitchen floor, so he would make sure he wouldn't wake up late and crazy things of that nature. Oh, and, wow. uh, and uh, you know, I, I got the benefit of the doubt. And I don't know if it was talent. I don't know if it was personality. I don't know if it was effectiveness. But Well, can, can I ask you something? Can I ask you something? What, what would you describe your personality like at the time? Are you an extrovert? Are you an introvert? Are you a... Uh... Very interesting. I, I'm legally blind now. I have an eye condition that took away about 97% of my vision or so. Uh, but at the time, I was still uh, still driving. 
and I was an extrovert, you know, because I was before I was an athlete. Uh, I was the guy that would get high, parties, drunk. But I think I was also quiet, like shy. Like I knew how to do both, I, I guess. I hung out with enough people, you know, just get loud and arrogant or crazy, or wild. And then at the same time, I think in my nature, I was just a really like a nice guy. Like even my high school quote was like about being a nice guy. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and so I think. And what about your friend? Was he an extrovert also? The guy that was in the ministry with you? Um, not the same way. He was like an extrovert, like an actor, really talented in that, in that sense, but not as um, commanding, I guess, is the, is the. Okay. okay. You know, you know, so like that, 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 I guess that was just kind of it. Um, but I think the team ministry also prepared me because the team ministry is a very unique thing because you have to be like the minister, even though you're not really right. You're, you're just a kid, 20 mm -hmm. something years old. Mm -hmm. You got to be like the dad for some of these kids. You got to be like the big brother. You got to be like uh, the, the Bible guy. And then you got to be, be, be a superhero. And then you got to be real and you got to be real with them. Um, and, uh, and, and so and it wasn't like anyone was following me around in the team ministry. It was like they just gave it to me and I had to just figure it out. Um, so that's why you, I, I think I, I learned to wear so many hats. Um, but what happened is, is I had to stop driving because of my vision. And then um, there was an opportunity for me to come to Brooklyn. Still in the ministry. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. And uh you know, I remember the phone call because I got a phone call from the person in Brooklyn. And, uh, you know, when you can hear someone almost smiling when they're talking a little bit. And uh, the words were, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear about your unfortunate situation. But the, the tone was, I'm really happy because now I want you to come to Brooklyn because you don't have to drive in Brooklyn because I had to stop driving. Um. And uh, I did. And, and uh, at the time, I was probably only one of the only white. I'm Italian, right? But that you would, people would consider me. Uh, so it fitted probably a demographic they probably wanted also. Uh, so I went on staff there. And uh, there was one other person um, that was uh, Caucasian, if you want to use that word. Uh, and um, that was different. Then the training there, I was given like a, a sector. But we always met as the whole Brooklyn church, like 700 members. So I never like had a sector where I actually on my own type of thing, but I had a group, I had a big group that was mine. I had my, I had to lead my own meetings and all of that, that stuff. But that was uh, this thing where it's like every morning my phone would ring, you know, at 7.50. Hey, what are you doing today? Here's your plan. Like, and it was literally like the person that was mentoring me want to give me a, what's your schedule what are you doing from seven to eight what are you doing from nine to ten where are you going later oh how many studies you got what's going on it was like boom 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 every morning can you give us an example of what was required in your schedule so i wasn't allowed to have like free time i had to be stuff right so uh oh i'm oh, yeah. what you got any studies no and, and you know i was a very like evangelistic person as as an, like when i go to work and reach out to my friends because i want to be that person but it's very different when you're in the ministry because you you're not going to work and meeting people naturally. So I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to head out to Brooklyn college and I'm going to try and see if I can meet some people. All right, cool. And then what are you doing after that? Oh, I got to study at 11 o'clock with, you know, Joe. Okay. And then what about that? Oh, I'm going to have a discipline time with, you know, Bill at, 
uh, you know, at 11.30, you know, okay, great. And then what are you going to do after that? You know, oh, I'm going to do this. Whatever, I got to study. Okay, what study are you on? Oh, I'm on this particular study. Okay, where, where, where is he at? Oh, you know, he's having trouble. Was there ever a time that it was okay for you to have downtime? Like, like 11 p.m., you didn't have anything. Would you get in trouble for that? No, I think that there was probably something around that time that was never official, but, you know, whatever, like maybe like 9, 9 o'clock at night that was like, okay, because I was single. Um, but, no, I didn't really have downtime unless it was like maybe like on Sunday or something. Hey, I'm going to go visit my family. Um, so it's pretty much like you were on all the time. And what would ha- what would happen if you did not have like they asked you your schedule but you had nothing going on? Like what would be what would be the response to that? I, I had never experienced that before um even when I was in Long Island. So like you probably would have told me what I should probably go ahead and do. But I was like, oh, you know, I was one of those guys, oh, I'm just going to go to this college that never cuz you know and that's another thing too like you're 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 a single guy. You're about 27 years old, and now you're going to a college that you don't you don't attend. And now you're trying to meet people. So like I was just trying to look like, hey man, I mean, you want to do a survey? Yeah, whatever. Do you believe in God? Yeah. Do you believe in the Bible? Oh, well, why not? Like and basically just ask three questions, four questions, and start a conversation that would get them into looking at the Bible with me. Like I could just take it on the fly and and get it going that way. And that's what I would just go ahead and do. But I had to, I had to have stuff going on. It was either I was getting with somebody, discipling somebody, or I was in a study, or I had to try and basically find a study. It sounds like there's a, there's a, there's a lot moving. So I, I was going to ask you, what was your expectation? But I think you answered that where your, your time had to be occupied at all times. We've spoken before, like I said, several times. And there were some words that you used to describe the church and you used the words, use the words controlling, use the words immature. In some cases you use the word abusive. And I think those are strong words depending on who, how they're used, but those are strong words. And, but it seems to me that it took you a while to come to that conclusion. Can, can you walk us through how you came to such a conclusion because you were all in just like me, just like me. And just like a lot of our listeners, but you slowly came to the conclusion of, of those adjectives from before. Can, can you walk us through how that happened? Next time on the reclamation. So I tried to speak up, but like I didn't. And then that's where, you're young and you're, you're, you're struggling with fear and, and, and the doctrine makes you feel like you can't argue with the leaders and, and you don't stand up for yourself. 